Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter um, 39. We're going to look at Genesis 39, 40, and 41. Um, we're back with Joseph. And um, a lot of things going on this week. Tomorrow we have ladies meeting here at 6 o'clock, and it's meeting upstairs. If you want to drive around the back, you can go up about three steps, and you'll be in there, and they'll open that back door for you. And then Saturday we have visitation at 10.30, and then we also have... Um, a Valentine's banquet at six. We start our revival at, on on Sunday. Dr. Getch will be speaking at the Valentine's banquet. It'll also be on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday and Tuesday night. So make your plans to do the, to come to those. And as you can see, our flags are up, meaning that missions conference is right around the corner. It's about a month away. So start praying for our missionaries. Let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter thirty-nine. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to read just the the three verses in Genesis um, thirty-nine that deal with this. I've entitled this, this is an interesting title, um, The Story of Joseph, Joseph's Prison Ministry. Interesting statement, because in Genesis chapter 39, verse 21, it says, and it says, but the Lord, this is after he's been, let's go to verse number 20, and Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison co committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made him prosper. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the story of Joseph. I thank you for what he goes through. And Lord, I, I, I can't imagine his ups and downs in his life. And here, as we look at this story, is where he's cast into prison for not doing nothing wrong. And I, and I often think this was probably a bad time for him. But Lord, he always came to, the, came to the top and he always rose above his situations. And Lord, here we have these verses. Lord, may we t totally understand what's happening in this story. And may we be better for it. May we understand exactly what we go through and why we go through certain things. Thank you again in advance for what you're going to give us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Joseph's prison ministry, as we've looked at, is actually found in three chapters, the three verses we just read. And then Genesis chapter 40 deals with the butler and the baker. And then um, the very end of a story is in Genesis chapter 41. Now, I want to say this to you. I don't know how long he was in prison. I mean, we can figure it out through a lot of the things that they write, but I don't know how long it was until this verse comes in, in, in verse number 21. I think this is interesting, and we'll look at this a little bit more. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I, prisoner, I don't know how long that, that took. But he, he rose to the occasion every time he turned around. And it, as, I, as I wrote in this next one, Joseph is now in a bad place again. I think this is just as bad as being sold from his brothers because he's not done anything wrong and now he's cast into this, this prison and he doesn't know how it's going to end. Sometimes we look at the story and we say, oh, this was just a stepping stone to get him into Pharaoh's. And it was. But he didn't know what was going to happen. We've got to look at it as a person would look at this. Here, he's not done anything wrong, and Joseph is now in a bad place. Joseph is in a place that he shouldn't be. How many of you agree with that? Wait a minute, think about it. 
Because look at the next one. Or was he where God wanted him to be? He's exactly where God wanted him to be. Now to him, he's falsely accused. When you're falsely accused, do you say anything about it? Do you think about it? Joseph was a person just like us. I don't know what he did. We, there are a lot of things aren't written about Joseph. It's kind of vague about this, and we see the highlights of his life. But I'm sure he didn't jump in that prison and go, Praise God, I'm here. What's God going to do for me here? Because if you think about where he was in Potiphar's life, what, what, was it, what happened to Potiphar? Everything that Joseph did went, went well. In fact, when we read these, you'll see this. It's almost a mirrored image of what happens in Potiphar's life is what happens to the jailer's life. And we've read some of those, and we'll get right into this. Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. Let's look at some of these. But you've got to realize this. When you're studying Joseph, don't just look at Joseph and see what happens. You've got to see what God is doing through every situation. Same way with your life. We go through a situation. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Well, can I tell you that as you, as you look, God's trying to teach us something. What's the Lord trying to teach me? What's the Lord trying to show me? In Genesis chapter 39, verse 21, let's look at, see if we, how we can break this down. But the Lord was with him. Wouldn't that be a great thing for someone to say to you that God was with you? God was with you through your decisions. God was with you when you were doing this and doing that. And wherever you are in your stage of life, God was with you. That's a great thing to say. And then the next one is the Lord showed him mercy. How many of you need mercy in here? Everybody needs mercy in here. We need mercy and grace. And it even actually says that. Go back to this verse. It says, and show, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. That's an interesting statement. I think, if I were right that, I'd say God showed him grace. But it says God showed him mercy. That's an interesting statement. Because where is he at? He's cast into a prison. He needs grace. But God knows exactly what he needs. He gives him mercy. And he makes him reevaluate some of the things that he's doing and the way he's looking. And not only this, it says the Lord gave him favor with the keeper of the prison. Don't think the, pr the keeper of the prison, or look, prison looked at him and said, I just like this guy, I'm going to bring him in. Look what the Bible says in verse number 21. It says, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him, this is the Lord still, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Where were they at? Where's this prison at? It was in Egypt. Where was Joseph from? Not Egypt. It was what, he wasn't homegrown into the prison. He was out of his element. He was a Hebrew in an in a, in Egyptian prison. It wasn't the common sense to say, okay, I'm going to put a little Hebrew boy or a Hebrew young man in charge of these guys. Why did he do it? Because God, God showed him favor. So let's go to Genesis chapter 39, verses 22 and 23. Let's break these verses down. There's some more things you might see. The first one is this, the Lord allowed Joseph to be in charge of the prison. Will you say the keeper was? No, the keeper found favor through God, showed him to have favor. And look at verse number 22. It says, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. That's a wonderful thing to say. But how would you like to be tossed in a prison and say, okay, you're in charge? You know there are guilty people in prison? You can ask a lot of them, they'll say they're not guilty. 
I wish Mike Brown was here tonight. He, he, he probably hears that all the time. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It's almost refreshing when you hear someone say, I did do it. Now, these were not necessarily terrible people, but they weren't good people. How would you like to be cast into a prison and say, okay, you're in charge. Let's say Bernard gets in trouble. He's, a, he's an accountant. Tax evasion. All right? They get him on tax evasion. He goes to prison. He gets into prison and he finds favor with the guard keeper and the guard keeper says, you know what, I like you so much, you're in charge of the prison. I'm going to get something to eat. If we keep reading that verse that says whatever happened in that prison, he was the one that was doing it and setting it all up. In all likelihood, at his age, he's not very old. Many of these people were older than him. Probably some of them twice as old as him. And he's telling them what to do. Now, do you, does that strike you just different? As you read this, you go, here's a Hebrew guy in an Egyptian um, prison, and he's telling older people what to do. It wasn't the natural pecking order. They, they had the, the rules, and here he comes in, and God's shown him favor. And I don't know how that works, and I don't know how he pulled this off, but I know God had a part of it. Because he's in a very bad place, and he's working with very bad people. This reminds me a lot of what da David had to do. When you looked around with the people that were with David in his, in his army, they weren't the greatest people, morally. And yet they followed him because they saw something in him. Maybe that's what happened with Joseph. But here in, in Genesis chapter 39, verse 22, the Lord allowed Joseph to be in charge of, of the, in the prison. And the next one is just amazing to me. The Lord allowed Joseph not to be checked on. Look what the verse says. It says, and whatsoever, I think this is in the next verse. It says, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Wow, he wasn't checked on. Whatever he decided, they did. The inmate is running the prison. Now, he's an innocent inmate, but he's running the prison. And God, God blesses him all the way through it. And then verse number 23, it says this. It says that, um, in verse number 23, it says, um, the Lord was with Joseph. Here, here, again, is a mirrored image of what you hear with Potiphar. Look at the next part. Not only that, but, but the Lord made Joseph prosper. You ever wonder about that? How do you prosper in prison? Now, you've got, to, you've got to think back to biblical times. It's not like a prison now. It's a lot rougher. And these guys that were in this prison, remember which prison it was? It was a king's prison. They weren't treated the greatest because they had done something to the king or someone that was a high affiliate. They, they had done something to them and they were cast in this prison. They weren't taken care of, but it says in this verse, it says, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. That's an amazing statement. Here he's, he's even in jail and everything is coming up the right way. How many of you ever tried to get a promotion at your job? I've done that before. Was there really anywhere else he could go? Not really. He was as high up as he could get in this jail. Have you, ever, have you ever said in your mind or you've heard someone say this, 
Why do I even try to compete with something? There's nowhere else I can go. But for some reason, everywhere Joseph goes, everything works out great. And even looking at this, I would like to know what Potiphar's house is going on, what's going on in Potiphar's house at this particular moment, because we know that God blessed Potiphar because of Joseph, and then Potiphar believes his wife or has to do something with him, cast him to jail. I wonder if he is still prospering in his family. He's probably looking at it and going, I wish I had Joseph back here, and I'm going to throw him in prison. I'm going to teach him a lesson, and all of a sudden, God's with him there, and God is prospering Joseph again. Here's a man, wherever he goes, God is with him. In a dark spot in his life, prison's probably the lowest one you'll see in the aspect of him. Um, I think probably pretty close would be his brothers. But here he has no one. He's by himself. He's cast in this prison. It doesn't take very long. And the innkeeper likes him. And through the, the Lord brings that upon his heart. And then he, he is, he's lifted up and he doesn't, he's in charge of it. And, and I, I wouldn't want that. But here Joseph is doing this, and it's an amazing statement that it makes, that it says that the Lord made it to prosper. The jail probably was the best it's ever been. And it's all because of this man. So if he was the one in charge, this is a very important question, if he was the one in charge, do you think the prisoners knew who he was? Oh yeah, they knew who he was. They knew exactly who he was. Now, let's get into the next next. Um, um, chapter because you're going to see some things about this. If you, if you look at this next, it says Joseph's prison ministry was God's will. This was something that he was going to be put into to make him to the next, next level. And so let's look at the next, next chapter because there's a lot of things found in the next chapter. You're going to see how God works on this. The first one is God's plan. Go to Genesis chapter 40 and verse number 1 through 3 or 1 through 4. It says this, it says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in, in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. So at this point, He's cast in there. These two guys are cast in there and Joseph's in charge of them. It says in verse number four, it says, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continue to season in war. That's an interesting statement because Joseph was a servant. Look what it says in verse number four. Don't misread this. It says, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them. He served them. It says, and it also keeps going. It says, and they continue to season the word. So here's, here's, what, here's God's plan. He brings these two guys in and something's going to happen. What's Joseph known for? He's, he, he, interpret, he interpreted a dream. He told the dreams to his brother. And all of a sudden these guys come in and God's got this whole plan for his life. And he brings these two guys in. Now, one of them's going to hear a good story. One of them's going to hear a bad story. And so the next part is God's purpose. Go to verse number five. It says, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of the dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. It says in, in verse number six, And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, I think this is interesting, they were sad. 
he knew the guys he was in charge of so much that he knew their countenance. These two guys are sitting there, and really, we all know the story, one had a good dream, one had a bad dream. But they both didn't understand it because this verse tells me that. The one that had the good dream didn't understand it. The one that had the bad dream didn't understand it. But they're both sad. They're sitting down. He looks at them. He says, listen, he goes, what's wrong with you? This is God's purpose in his life. This is going to raise him up to where he needs to be. He's right where God wants him to be. Just like you're right where God wants you to be today. I don't know what tomorrow holds or the next day, but right now we've got to say, what does God have for us? The purpose in this was they put him in there. If he wasn't in the jail when the butler and the baker came, and he hadn't arrived when he did, he wouldn't have been, a, he wouldn't have been in charge of them. Everything would have been messed up. So when Potiphar sent him to jail, it was God's will. That's a hard thing to say to somebody. When you're falsely accused and you, and you have to go to jail, you're in God's will. God knows exactly where you need to be. And it's God's purpose. And the purpose in this was the, through the dreams of these two men. They were confused. They didn't know what to do. They were sitting down. And here's this young man from a Hebrew boy comes in and says, he looks at him, he says, you know, you guys sure do look sad. He sees their countenance. And watch what happens. Not only is God's purpose... But it's this, God's preparation. Keep reading verse, verses 7 through 9. Here he tells the story. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. I wonder if at that point Joseph's going, Oh, mate, these dreams, the, the clothes have got me in trouble. The dream got me in trouble last time. Do I really want to tell them what these dreams mean? And they're saying they have no interpreter of it. And it keep, keep reading it. It says, And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. Did you notice what Joseph just did? He didn't take credit for, for telling the dreams. He didn't say, Well, you tell me, I'll tell you what it is. I mean, I, I had these dreams before. And I know exactly what they were. You know, God will, God will show you what these dreams are. And this is the preparation for him to get to where he needs to go. Verse number 9, it says, And the butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And the vine was, was three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms sh shot forth. And the clusters, therefore, brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. That's his dream. How many of you have, have ever had dreams in here? I'm not talking about what, you, what you're planning. I mean, you go to sleep and you have a dream. I've had some weird dreams in my life. I've had, I have a recurring dream that happens probably once or twice a year. And it's got to do with me flying in a... What are those things called? They have, it's, it's your outside of it, you're harnessed into it, it has an engine on it, an ultralight, is that what that is? And I'm flying and I'm going through um, electrical wires, I've got to fly between them and stuff, it scares me to death. I wake up sweating like, oh my word, and I never know what's going to happen. I always wake up at the same time. You ever had one of those dreams? You ever had a dream that you remember? A recurring dream? Here, these guys have this dream. What are they to do with it? 
There's a lot of dreams that we have that don't mean anything. Anybody at an age where you forgot you have a dream and forget what it is once you wake up? I've done that. I just know I'm mad at somebody, I don't know what it is, or I'm happy it was somebody, I don't know what it is, and then all of a sudden I forget what it was. But here these guys have had these dreams, they're in this prison, and he, says, he, tells, he tells him what's going on, and God's prepared Joseph to do this. He's right where he needs to be. It, 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 it amazes me to think of this story. Start with Joseph's first part of his life. He comes in, he's a favorite of his dad. He gets a coat, and then he has a dream he tells his brothers. That dream gets him cast into a pit. They're going to kill him. They, they sell him off to, to, to a slavery. He goes to Potiphar. He's sold into Potiphar's house. He's not done anything wrong. Everything goes well, and, and he's falsely accused. He's thrown back into jail, and now he's in jail. There's these two guys that look sad, and it goes back to the first step of when he had a dream. It's a reoccurring thing that's happened in his life. God has placed him right where he needed to be. God had prepared this way before Joseph knew it. God has prepared you for what you have ahead of you way before you know it. But we've got to look at our circumstances and say, okay, this might be a rough circumstances, but what does God have in it? Why, what's God trying to teach me? Why am I here? What is the purpose of why I'm going through these things? And here, Joseph, it's, it's a dream. He has, he has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us, and he's prepared us for it. But then you see this as you, as you keep reading. Let's keep reading down. It says, um, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Now read, here's Joseph. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation uh, of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee into thy place, and thou shalt deliver, thy, deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou, hast, when thou wast his butler. So he tells the butler, this is what's going to happen. In three days, you're going to be there. Now, I want, you to point, I want to point out some things. We have God's side, but let's look at Joseph's sides. Joseph had a desire. Go to verse number 14. You're going to see what Joseph says. He says this, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Although he was up as high as he could get, he was in charge of it, he was prospering, everything that happened was on him, he still wanted to get out of that. Because sometimes when we get in a situation, we don't want to be there. He says, listen, can you get me out of this? This was, this was Joseph's desire. I don't want to be here. There's no young man at his age that's went through what he's done has the attitude that he has. And he says, listen, I just need to get out of here. This is not what I want. So we have Joseph's desire. Not only do we have Joseph's desire, we have Joseph's testimony. Go to verse number 15. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. He's telling this guy this story. He's saying, listen, I was stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And then it can, if you continue with it, it says this. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. This is his testimony. And these guys knew it. They knew that he was above them when it came to the prison. So we have Joseph's desire. We have Joseph's testimony. And I, and I like this one. 
Joseph's confidence. You say, where do you get this at? Let's keep reading. I think it's very interesting. The next statement in verse number 16. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he says, okay, this guy's getting out in three days. This is good. I need to see what the interpretation of my dream is. It says, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. I can see this guy. He's just sitting there going, yeah, just tell me what's going to happen. And watch what Joseph tells him. Joseph tells him through God telling him this. It says, and Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. He's like, that sounds good. It was good for the last guy. It's going to be good for me. And he says this, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up the head from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the bird shall eat, eat thy flesh from off thee. That is not what he was anticipating him saying. You say, how do you know that Joseph had confidence. Go to verse number 19 and 20. It says in 20, it says, And it came to pass the third day, which, which was Pharaoh's birthday. He made a, fe made a feast. Here's how you know Joseph was confident. I don't know if you ever even thought, thought this through. Who was the first guy that gave the interpretation? Who was the first guy that had the dream? What? The butler. Okay? When he, talks to the, when he gets down with the butler, he gives his testimony, and his desire to get out. When he hears the bakers, does he do that to him? No. Because it's not going to matter. This is his confidence in the Lord. If you think about that, he doesn't go to the second guy and say, listen, when you get out, because he knew what was going to happen. His confidence was in, in God interpreting these dreams, and he didn't have to tell the other guy because the other guy could not help him. Lo and behold, it happens, it's Pharaoh's birthday, and he brings them out. One dies, the one Joseph said, and one, one lives, the one Joseph says. You say, what can you get from this? Remember, he told this guy, he said, don't forget me. Remember that question I asked you? Did they know who he was? They did know who he was. I think one of the sad things in this, it says in verse number 21, it says he restored the chief butler into his butlership again and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand and he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Now, if I am the chief butler, I am, full, I am fully excited about being out, right? And I also have heard what he said to the baker. And I know that the baker was executed. So now I have the good side and the bad side, but read verse number 23. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And I know this is all in God's timing because Pharaoh hadn't had his dream yet, but Joseph just doesn't get a break. He forgot him. I 
I don't know if it was if it was me. I, you know what I would try to do? I'd try to slip notes to the butler. Hey, remember me? Valentine's Day, send him a Valentine's card. Hey, remember me? Try to find out when his birthday is, remember me? Watch this next verse. Go to verse number, Genesis chapter 41, and this is probably a sad verse to him. It says, and it came to pass at the end of two full years. Two full years. You can go all the way down to verse number 14, and this deals with Pharaoh. We'll look at him next week. But it says, two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. I do not understand the butler. Do you? I mean, when I walked out of that prison, I'd be thinking about the dream that I had. It was three days, all the details of it, and the man that interpreted it, but he forgot about it. I'd be thinking about it, thinking about it. Now, I know that he couldn't, couldn't have got him out, but I would still be thinking about it, but the Bible says that he forgot about it. How do you forget something that of a magnitude of that? Genesis 41.1. But to Joseph, just to put this in perspective, and there's some numbers on this, I want you to see this. These were years he would never get back. Do you realize there's nothing written about what he did in prison? He's just there. What was he doing? Pete, he was just doing his job. I, I think the prison was probably better ran during that time. I don't think he had a chip on his shoulder for two years going, what's going on? But to, but to Joseph, it was two years. Let's break this down a little bit so you understand it. Because these were two years, Wendell, he's never going to get back. He's a young man and he's doing exactly what God wants. And can I tell you, sometimes in your life, you go through things, you don't understand it, you don't understand it, you don't understand it. You don't know how long you're going to have to deal with it. You don't know what's going to happen and, and you just keep doing what you need to do to get through what you need to get done. Because God didn't change. He's just trying to teach Joseph. It was two years of his life. To break this down a little bit, that's 24 months that he's never going to see again. Let's break it down a little bit further. That's 730 days of his life for us that he'll never get back. Because this man forgot about it. It could have been written where, Bobby, it could have been written that Pharaoh seven years later remembered it, had a dream. But for two years, we really don't know what happened to Joseph. It was 730 days. Let's break it down a little bit further. That's 17,520 hours that he will never get back. Was it wasted time for him? I don't think so. God had a plan, Bernard. I just don't know what it was. We're not told. And let's break it down a little bit further. One million minutes that he'll never get back in his life. But God was building him. And one more thing, it's 63, 63 million seconds. See, we read this story and we just flippantly read it and say it was two years later. That's a long time. That's a long time to live in prison. When you're falsely accused? I don't know what God was doing in his life. I don't know if, if, if God was trying to teach him to be patient. I don't know why God waited two years and we'll find that out in glory. 
I don't know why it took Pharaoh two years to get it. But I do know one thing, that Joseph didn't wander off of what he was when he was interpreting these dreams. He just kept doing the job. He just kept doing what God had in front of him. He kept doing it, he kept doing it, kept doing it. I don't know what God has in store for you, but you need to keep doing what you're doing. Find something else and make it stronger for the Lord. This is what Joseph did. God was making Joseph who he needed to be. I don't know if it was because in, in prison that broke him down where when his brothers come in and see him later that he, he tears up over his brothers that sold him into slavery. I don't understand this man. Because you and I are not like him. All it takes is a, a look or a, or a mistreatment. Or I don't like this or I don't like that. And then we get off on a tangent and we don't realize what God has in store for us. Joseph was even kilter all the way across the board. I've met people that, that um, I know a preacher that makes coffee nervous. He walks by a coffee thing and he's, the coffee starts shaking. I remember thinking, man, he is a live wire. He's all over the place. And, and everybody loved his preaching. I'll never forget what the preacher that I work with, with told me. He said, you know what? As high as he is here, when he gets low, he's this much low. He's almost suicidal. You know what God wants us to be? He wants us to be right down the middle. He wants us not to. We can fluctuate a little bit. But here, Joseph, for two years, he's still in that prison. And he doesn't look good. He's, he's dirty, he's torn, he's tattered. And, and in fact, when you see when Pharaoh brings him up, what do they do before they bring him to Pharaoh? They wash him up. So he wasn't in a prison that had granite um, bathroom sinks. He was in a prison that was real prison. And he was in charge of bad people. And for two years, the guy didn't think about it until someone said, hey, I had a dream, I couldn't interpret it. Hey, that's been... 730 days of Joseph's life. But he didn't wander. Now there's other people in the Bible that would have wandered. Jonah, Samson, Elijah. Some of these guys would have wandered off. But not Joseph. I don't know what you're going through, but when it says and it came to pass... At the end of, of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed and behold, he stood by the river. And there and behold, there came up out of the river seven well favored kind and, and fat fleshed and they fed in the meadow. And it goes all the way through it. And then it says at the very end, it says um, in verse number nine, then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh saying, I do remember my faults this day. <laughs> he forgot about him. But now he remembered him. Sometimes we're not always remembered of what we've done. But God still has a plan day by day. For 730 days, he did not change. He just kept doing the plan. It's hard to understand why Joseph went through these things. It's hard to understand why, why God would put a man through this. But Joseph was strong enough to get through it. I don't know what you're going through, but I know that God's bigger than any problem that you have. And the problems are probably not as bad as what Joseph's are. He's all alone. He's in a prison that's for, for um, Egyptians. He's a Hebrew boy in charge of the thing. And for two years, he's forgotten. For two years, the man doesn't even think about it. And that's all he asks him. I desire, please, 
Get me out of this. For some reason, God didn't want him to get out of it. God knew exactly where he was. 